Hello everyone, I'm Barrington Brennan, counseling psychologist and marriage and family therapist with your daily relationship nugget. Many of you know that I have been writing in the different places, newspapers and articles for almost 25 years. Uh, sometimes individuals send me questions and uh, today I'm going to do part one of an article responding to a question. It's time to close the church door. Listen to the question that was sent to me. My son and his wife was, are always going to church. They are involved in church activity every night of the week. Their small children are suffering for lack of attention. I am also concerned about their marriage because they've been so busy working for the Lord that they are neglecting to nurture their own souls. What can I do about it? Sign, Concerned Grandmother. So as you can hear, that question is coming from a grandmother. And let me share with you now what I told her. Dear Concerned Grandmother, It is true, too many of us are too busy going to church and are so involved in church activities that we are, have neglected to care for our own souls. We are so involved helping others until we have lost the intimate connection with Jesus. The devil is really smart. He knows that one of the most effective ways to weaken Christians is to trap them in doing so much good until they end up being good for nothing. Far too many of our families are not setting their priorities straight. They put church above family and career above relationships. Yes, God should always be number one in our lives. However, too often many do not understand the difference between having a healthy personal relation with God and having an involvement in church activities. Some parents literally drag the entire family out of the house every night of the week to some kind of church activity. This is certainly proving to be unhealthy for the spiritual, physical, psychological well-being of growing children and married couples. Research now tells us that this generation of adolescents is the most sleep-deprived ever. It is because... They are up too late night watching TV or do not have a balanced lifestyle. Small children need at least 13 to 15 hours of sleep a day to grow healthily. This is why they need to sleep at least 1 to 3 hours during the day. Young babies less than 6 months need between 18 to 23 hours of sleep a day. Children in primary school between the age of five, ages of 5 and 8 need at least 12 to 15 hours of sleep a day. That's why they sleep in school. Parents, are you allowing your children to get the sufficient sleep each day? This is a diabolical attack on the Christian family. It is now time for families to decide which days of the week they will keep the church doors open or church doors closed in their mind's eyes. While I served as a school counselor, I met many children who were suffering academically and socially simply because their parents took them to church every night.
I mean every night, literally seven days a week. They would come home from the meetings uh, way past the normal healthy bedtime and could not get sufficient rest because they had to raise early in the next morning to go to school. You know, Sunday night will be church, Monday night Bible class, Tuesday night uh, uh, choir practice, uh, Wednesday night uh, women, men's meeting, Thursday night women's meeting, and so forth. And they would take the children and they would have to sit in the back of the church or room while the parents are involved. Yes. Um, and then, you know, they, they were often sleepy in classes, edgy and nervous. Their schoolwork performance was poor. What kind of image will these children have of God? Sometimes their parents are also shouting at each other, and it is all because they would not pause to take time to rest. I have conducted many marriage seminars for churches and institutions. At each seminar, I would ask the couple to complete a marriage survey. Each time, more than 70% of the couples indicated that being too busy was a serious challenge in their relationship. Unfortunately, do you realize that many pastors are to blame for this poor family behavior among their own church members? They make their members feel guilty if they do not show up to every function. They pressure them to believe that true service for God is on, only shown when you are physically present at every meeting called by the church. They make their members believe that if they are if they are spiritual enough, they would have no pain and all their needs will be met. Through their own sub subtle tactics of control, these all-powerful, all-knowing spiritual leaders whip the wand of guilt over their members' heads by telling them, if you were out last night to the revival, you would not have had pain you are experiencing today. End of quote. Doctors Henry Cloud and John Townsend, both Christian psychologists, authored a book entitled Twelve Christian Beliefs That Can Drive You Crazy. In chapter 1, uh, they talk about the false assumption of, of, of Christianity. Here is that false assumption. It's selfish to have my needs met. Let me share with you the opening story of the chapter they used to introduce the topic in the book. Let me start right now. Exhausted and lonely one Monday afternoon, Sarah reached over and switched on the radio. It had been a rough weekend. Every request she made of the children had turned into a battle, and her husband had remained planted on the front of the television. She couldn't recall if he had said a caring word to her or the children all weekend. It was like the old joke she thought. Ask me how my day was, she sa says the comedian. All right, how was your day? Don't ask, end of quote. It was a bitter joke for Sarah. She didn't even want to think about how depressed she was. Maybe the radio would help. She slipped through the newspaper for the day's radio listings. The topic on the Christian station was, Help when you're down. She recognized the speaker's name. He was a local, well-respected pastor. So she turned in on the radio to listen. 
and it started. This is what you heard at the beginning. So you're down, troubled, lonely. You're under crushing pressure. You wonder sometimes if things will ever change for you. If he's reading my mind, thought Sarah, he was describing her very feelings at the moment. He understood. And then the radio continued, My friend, there is an answer for you from the Word of God. Now, biblical-based teaching was important to Sarah. The answer, said the pastor, is to stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about others. Jesus, as a Lord, taught not of himself, or thought not of himself, but emptied himself for others. We will find joy in self-sacrifice and service. Get off your pity pot. End of quote. That was the voice of the pastor on the radio. Sarah's heart dropped. Peace of sharing? I've been sharing myself all weekend, and I'm in pieces, not at peace. She had no sooner formed these resentful words in her mind that she immediately felt guilty. After all, the pastor was quoting the Bible. I guess he's right, she told herself. I'm just being selfish. So she reached for the church bulletin to see what additional committee she could volunteer for. Maybe in serving more, she'd find happiness she longed for. But as, but she was beginning to despair of every ever being happy and ever feeling satisfied about her self and her life. Well, look like I am the pause right here. Time has run out. I want you to tune in tomorrow for part two of this topic. It's time to close the church door. This has been your relationship nugget. I am Barrington Brennan, keeping a smile on your heart.